You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello and welcome to Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and I'm so glad to be with you today. And we're going to talk about everything we can think of on these podcasts about revival. And today we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God breaks in. And that's what revival is. Really, revival is the kingdom of God has ramped up and broken into our lives. And we're going to talk about that. And Jesus said that the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to the children. So do you know the secrets? You need to know the secrets. We're going to get a few. We're not going to get them all, but we'll get a few today as we talk about the kingdom of God and and what it is and how it works. You see, there's been a lot of confusion because Jesus preached it. John the Baptist preached it. You know, when they preached, they said, the kingdom of God is here. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. And that was a stumbling block in their day because they would look around and they'd see Roman soldiers and they'd see, you know, the oppression and they there maybe their land was taken away. They'd say, how could this be the kingdom of God? When the kingdom of God comes, everything's going to be perfect, isn't it? Except they missed one thing. Jesus said it's going to come like a mustard seed. It's going to come small and grow and gain and continue to advance. And so eventually, you know, we're going to have a world here. The kingdom of God is going to take over the world. Jesus will return. And we won't have any more sickness or wars or famine. But until that day, we've got two kingdoms on the earth. We've got the kingdom of darkness. We've got the kingdom of light. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We want to talk about from the book of Mark, the kingdom of God is here, Jesus. Jesus said, and that's where we want to start you believing that the kingdom of God is here, because that's what Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. So what is the good news? Well, I know I ask everybody what the good news is and go to any church around and somebody's going to tell me what the good news is. Only usually they tell you the same thing. They say the good news is that we, if we die today, we have a home in heaven. And all of a sudden we're traveling someplace else out of this world when Jesus, while he was in the world, said the kingdom's here. And so the kingdom of God is not us going someplace else. The good news is the kingdom has come to us where we are. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born a human being. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, God is with us. And that's the good news. And so Jesus said, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. Repent and believe. Well, what do you repent of? You repent then of everything that's crowding the kingdom of God out of your life. Everything that you don't have time for. And that's what happened, of course, in Jesus' day, isn't it? He said, the kingdom of God is here. And he started hearing excuses. I can't do it. I got new oxen. I just got married. I got to bury my dad. All these excuses. And he said, don't do that. No, repent of not having time. Repent if you don't have any interest. Turn to the Lord with all your heart because the kingdom of God has now come among us, among people and operating. And that's the good news. And that's part of the secret is though you look around and you don't, you still see, you know, wars and famine, not everything is, is uh, uh, under his feet at this point, but it's going to be. And, and death will be the last one, right? That'll go under his feet. So we need to believe the kingdom of God and believe the good news. What's the good news? God is among us now. The kingdom of God is here for the people 
of God. And so the mistake that, well, we make it today, and they made it then, is they expected, if they heard the kingdom of God was here, they expected the kingdom of God to change God's enemies. Am I right about that? I mean, you might think the same thing. Like, well, if the kingdom of God is here, then our enemy of sickness and disease and famine and war and pestilence or whatever, you know, whether we call our enemies, that's all going to go away. And yet it hasn't gone away, so you might deduct, well, the kingdom's not here. But see, the kingdom of God doesn't come to change God's enemies. They made the same mistake. They looked around and said, well, if the kingdom of God is here, why are Roman soldiers here? Why are people being crucified? Why have they taken away our land? Why do we got to pay taxes to Caesar and all that kind of stuff? Well, see, the kingdom of God doesn't come to change God's enemies. The kingdom of God comes to change you. That's one of the secrets of the kingdom of God. See, you know the kingdom of God is not because it changed everything in the world. It changed you while you're in the world. And that's when it breaks in. And that's revival, when it breaks in to your life. And so they, they missed that. They missed the mustard seed principle, right? It'll be small and, and grow, or the, the kingdom of God is advancing today. And so we need to get, get that right. And every time, every time somebody's born again, the kingdom of God is, is, is operating. Every time somebody gets healed or delivered or prospered or blessed or whatever, those are things that come from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness doesn't do those things. And so that's signs. That, and, and so Jesus would go and do things. He'd heal people. He'd deliver people. You all know, you know that. But that's a sign that a new kingdom's here. And that's the good news that I want to tell you. There's a new lifestyle. The kingdom of God is a different lifestyle. There's a new kingdom here. And so once you understand the kingdom of God breaks in and revives us, then you understand that we need to get the principles of the kingdom because money is different in the kingdom. Attitudes are different in the kingdom. There's some things that, did you know, uh, there's some things that are illegal in the kingdom of God. Like I, I preached it last weekend and talking to our folks, there's some things illegal in the kingdom of God. Did you know unforgiveness is illegal? Yeah, it is. And bitterness and rage and self-centeredness and all that. Those are things that you not to not to find in the kingdom of God. We, we do the opposite. Everybody today seems to want to try to find themselves. And Jesus said you need to lose yourself. That's the kingdom of God. One of the secrets of the kingdom of God, too. So we want to see visible signs. We do. We need to. The church needs to. The people of God need to. And then we need to have the kingdom of God working in us so that we can demonstrate it to the rest of the world and invite them into the kingdom of God, invite them into our church because the kingdom of God is working there and they're going to get some help and they're going to be changed if they want to be changed. If they, if they want the good news that you can be different, there's a whole new set of things. I teach people, uh, you know, kingdom of God economics and, and money, how to operate that way and, and uh, how to love other people and forgive other people and how to work in relationships. It's all different in the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is here and your life will get better if you decide to believe the kingdom of God is here and go ahead and step into it. So when we, when we begin to understand this better, there's some other scriptures about the inbreaking kingdom. And by the way, that's uh, my book, When the Kingdom Comes, is the first book I wrote, and it got published. And um, it's now almost a textbook to some places. It's been, I think, uh, translated in about eight languages, and it's a textbook for a lot of people. Uh, and these are the, some of the secrets I'm teaching you today and other days come out of that book, When the Kingdom Comes. And so one of the things that was surprising to people was a scripture that all of us know. 
uh, if you've been around church. If you're fairly new, maybe not, but if you've been around church for a while, you know this scripture, you know where Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary, and then it depends on what translation uh, you're using, heavy laden. Well, I, I haven't said heavy laden probably in my whole life, but the Bible does. But it translates, you who are weary and burdened, Jesus said, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Now, if you've heard that, you've probably heard it preached like I heard it preached, like an evangelistic thing, like here we have people, and it works. It's okay if it works, but let's get it in context in Jesus' day. You see, we're preaching this. A lot of times we're preaching the scriptures that Jesus said to the wrong audience, and they don't work for us because we're preaching them to the wrong audience. So the audience that I saw it work in when I first became a Christian is I'd hear people preach, come unto me, come to Jesus if you're weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And they were preaching it to unsaved people. People who didn't know Jesus, and they're trying to get them to come to Jesus and make it an evangelistic thing. And then at the end of the sermon, they would say, now come, come to the altar. And we'd sing, come to the altar songs, and people would come to the altar. Well, if it works, it works. Well, that's good. But that's not the context. And the context is more powerful than the application to another group. Another group's great, but the application to the real group makes it powerful for you. So let me give you what's really going on here. Okay, so Jesus did say, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. But who was he saying it to? You see, in our day, we say it to people who lived without God. They got on drugs, or they got divorced, or they got hurt, and they got, you know, um, uh, they got a lot of unforgiveness in their lives or nothing went right and they're poor and they're sick. And, and so we take those people who were not living for God and then we try to say, if you start living for God, I'll give you rest. Now, I had a little problem with that because I've been to lots of churches, lots and lots of churches, hundreds and hundreds of churches throughout my ministry. And guess what I found? I went into those churches and I didn't see people having rest. They were restless. I see people today in church that are restless. They got conflict. There's chaos, you know. And, and I thought, well, where's the rest then? We promised these people if they'd come to Jesus, they'd get rest. Well, we're promising it to the wrong audience in the wrong way. Let me tell you how it's supposed to be. So here's Jesus' audience, and these are Jewish people, and they're Jewish people who are wanting to serve God. These are covenant people. So he didn't take this and go over to the Roman soldiers and say, I've got, a, I've got a sermon for the Roman pagans. No, you look it up for yourself in Matthew chapter 11, and he's talking to believers uh, that are believing in him. He's talking to people who believe in God. He's talking to covenant people, Jews, who want to serve God, who have tried their whole lives to serve God. Maybe they did it well, maybe not so well, but they wanted to. In a Jewish context, these are probably, we would say, probably moral people. These are probably not, in the way we say it today, sinners. Uh, they may be just meeting Jesus and be delivered from their sins, but they're, they're, these would be mostly moral people and uh, honest people trying to serve God. And yet he looks at them, and they're trying to serve God in the right way, and he invites them to come to him and says, I'll give you rest. Well, that means, now listen, that means that the people, the covenant people of God of that day, the Jewish people who were, had a covenant with God, are exhausted being Jewish. They're exhausted. They need rest. And what are they exhausted from? Guess what they're exhausted from? This might be a secret of the kingdom. They are exhausted from trying to be good. 
They're not exhausted from being bad. They're not exhausted because they out, you know, bar hopping and boot scooting. No, they're out exhausted. They've, they've been going to the synagogue or the temple, probably tithed, and, and they see all this chaos around them with the Roman Empire. And, and Jesus says, I'm going to give you rest. If you'll come to me, come to me, I'll give you rest. Well, these people were people exhausted trying to be good. They're exhausted trying to do right. Oh, my. This is powerful because now you can go to any church in America or probably any around the world and preach this sermon, and you got your right audience because you're going into a church where people have been trying to do right, but they're exhausted in their own strength. They've been trying to be good. They've been trying to be moral, and good for them. That's the right thing to do, isn't it? But then you'll find out if you have to do it in your own strength and your own power, your whole life, you do it for a while, and then you fail, then you feel bad. Now Sunday's not a church service service. It's a forgiveness service. Everybody's being forgiven for failing. So is that the kingdom of God? No, that's not the kingdom of God, is it? No, the kingdom of God is where the power of God breaks in. The kingdom of God breaks into your life. And suddenly the things that you should do are now the things you want to do. See, in the kingdom of God, we're not looking now. The kingdom will come and change everything out there. We're looking for him to change everything in here and get my want to, my want to alive. So I want to, I want to do those things. And so, so Jesus said that. And so his audience is people that have exhausted themselves trying to be good. If we applied it today, we'd say they'd exhausted themselves trying to be good church folks and honest and, but they're doing it in their own strength. And so they do so good and then they don't make it. You know, there's a a good example in the Bible about that. King David kind of found that out. And there again, that's where we had, I told you, we'd mentioned this. We had two kingdoms. See, we have two kingdoms today, don't we? We have the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. They're both here. When the kingdom of God fully comes, then the kingdom of darkness will be gone. Satan will be gone, and then we won't have death or sin or anything. But right now, we've got both going at the same time, and you can choose. You can be whatever you want to be in that. You get to make a choice. And so in, in King David's day, you know David, he was anointed king. But guess what? There was another king. Yeah, King Saul was still called King Saul. In the, in the kingdom. There were people still following him. There were still people calling him king. But he was the g- king going out. And David was the king coming in. And that's what we have today. We're on the earth and we got two kingdoms, right? We got the kingdom going out. That's the kingdom of darkness. And we got the kingdom coming in. And that's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in that time, uh, the King Saul was the most powerful. He's still living in the, in the palace. David, he's running for his life because Saul's after him. So he goes and lives in a cave and he gathers these people around him. And guess who showed up? The people that showed up were distressed. They were in debt. I'm taking it from the Bible here, from the cave of Adullam. It says they were distressed in debt and discontent. And these are the people that God's choosing. These are the people that God is going to choose to break in with his power and anointing and take these distressed debt and in debt and discontented people. But what it did was those that discontentment drove them to seek the Lord and to go follow David. They said, we're discontent. We don't want to serve Saul because we're in, we're serving Saul, but we're in debt. We're serving Saul, but we're in distress. We're discontent. So now they're ready for a new king. 
And that's the kingdom of God. When we get ready for a new king, then we come over to his side. And in that cave are all these people that you, you wouldn't think would be able to do anything in the kingdom, distressed and in debt. But those are the ones God empowered because they joined the incoming breaking kingdom of King David. And we want to join and get on board with the in breaking coming in to power kingdom of Jesus Christ that eventually will come and rule on the earth. And that's what we, we want to do. And so now we put it uh, into perspective. We, we have to now think, well, I need messages and encouragement to break into this kingdom and let it empower me. The empowered Christian, empower my life, get me out of distress, get me out of debt. And I just, you know, we just don't need uh, just a less carnal Christianity where we just clean up our act. In other words, a lot of times it's not the power of the spirit happening in people's lives and it's not the inbreaking kingdom happening in people's lives. All they've done is in their own power, try to clean up their lives, try to be more moral, try to be more honest, but it's still in their own power and they get worn out from self-help, worn out from self-improvement. And that's a lot of preaching today, right? And a lot of preaching is self-help, uh, self-improvement, and just plain old keep going. No, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, it breaks into your life with a new power. And it doesn't change the whole world. It changes you. You get changed. You get empowered. And now you're not trying to do it in self-help in self or self-power, not even self-will. You know, the Bible didn't say my self-will will be done and try to, lean. no, you you. To take the will of God and you do it. And the will of God then gets empowered when you decide to do that. So there's the inbreaking kingdom. When the kingdom comes, the secrets of the kingdom are known. We, we get empowered. We do everything different. We get rid of the debt and discontent and distress and depression and all that because God has changed us. So we think about it now. We think about it. There's one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness and the self-kingdom and self-motivation and self-improvement and all those things that you can try to do, but what's going to happen? You're going to wear yourself out doing it because you know you only got so much strength, you do it for a while, then you wear out. Or you can get empowered and let the kingdom of God into your life, believe it, repent of all self-power, self-indulgence, all those things. You turn from self and you turn to another person. It's not yourself now. It's Jesus Christ. And you ask him to empower you, fill you with the spirit. And when you, when you start loving God and start serving God, you know what that is? That's revival. You've been revived. You're coming back to life because of, of that. So that's what we want to talk about all that we can is the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here and convince people because there's a whole nother way of economics of serving and doing things. And when you do it, then the yoke gets easy. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy. He didn't say still wearing your yoke while calling yourself a Christian is easy. That's hard. But his yoke, you take yours off and you put his on. And he says, mine, you can carry because it is easy and light. Well, I want to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let these words break forth. Let the kingdom break forth. All the folks listening that are off the mark with God, they're not serving Jesus. May you just give your life to Jesus right now. Give your life. Yield to him. Ask, say, break into my life with the kingdom of God because I want to serve you, Jesus. Yeah. Did you do that? 
Good for you. Well, we're, we're going to be here next time. You be sure and join us, and we're praying and believing that God would rend the heavens and come down and revive us once again. And so till next time, this is Steve Gray saying bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.